the true Christian abides in Jesus Christ. God is not interested in our works, but in our relationship with Him. What is my relationship with Him? Not weekly, not monthly, today, tomorrow. Every single day as we come to the Lord and God is doing a work in my life, I need to come to that place and say, Lord, you are my Lord and you're my Savior. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for being with us today. Continuing our series celebrating God's gracious love, Raul will encourage you to honestly evaluate the state of your heart. You'll see that as you follow Christ and abide in His will, you can enjoy a victorious, fruitful life. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio for a nudge to desire even more in your walk with Christ. Here's Raul Reese in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So we see, first of all, that as he's speaking of the vine, he's talking about he himself not only becoming the Lord and Savior of the world, but as I wrote down here, let me read it to you. He says, because a nation is proud of and unfaithful and unfruitful, so now Jesus... So now Jesus presented himself as a true vine for the world to see that he is the Messiah and the Savior of the world. Presenting himself as the vine. And then he says, I am the true, not the false, the true vine. The vine develops as it's taken care of. The Lord was sent to become not only the vine, but the Savior of the world for each one of us. That's why we're here tonight. He says in verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Now look what he says. What does he do? He takes it away. He takes it away, which means he prunes it. He cuts it off. You see, you have this vine that brings forth fruit. You have a tree, and you're going to be trimming the tree. So you look at your tree, and you see these branches. So what do you do? You take, and you clip them. And what do you do with them? You put them into the fire. And Jesus is going to give that illustration because he goes on to say, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, notice he prunes to bring forth what? More fruit. You notice what he says there? That it may bear more fruit. Every one of us are trimmed by the Lord every single day. And when I am trimmed by the Lord, there is no possible way that I can be fruitless. He goes on to say, he says, you are already clean, notice, it relates here to the person being clipped or being pruned. You already are clean because the word which I spoke to you, notice the word that I spoke to you, the word of God, notice here. The word of God not only coming to our lives, but bringing that conviction where we can stay and say God has spoken to me in a powerful way. That when I open the word of God, I'm not just reading but the Holy Spirit, it speaks to my heart where I not only see the Holy Spirit speaking to me, but I can see other people watching my life and they can see the Holy Spirit that lives in my life, that lives in your heart. And through that, they come to conviction to know who Jesus Christ is in our lives. And you don't see a lot of that today. Verse 4, 
He says, abide in me. The word abide here is a very interesting word. It means to dwell, to stay in the Greek language here. He says, stay with me, and I in you, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So if we're not connected to Jesus, we can't bear fruit. There's no possible way. Unless it abides in the vine. Notice, who's the vine? Jesus. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The true Christian abides in Jesus Christ. God is not interested in our works, but in our relationship with him. What is my relationship with him? Not weekly, not monthly, today, tomorrow. Every single day as we come to the Lord and God is doing a work in my life, I need to come to that place and say, Lord, you are my Lord and you're my Savior. He says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Notice that. To the disciples, he's talking to us as his disciples. He who abides in me and I in him. What happens? We bear much fruit. Do you have fruit in your life as a Christian? Are you fruitless or do you have fruit in your life? Because he goes on to say, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Notice what he says here. You can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. There's no possible way. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So when you look at people like you and I, when you see Christians, what do you see? Are they in the flesh? Are they still living in the world? There's no fruit. But when you don't live in the world, and you spend time with God in prayer, you read the Bible, you go to church, and you're connected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, what happens? There's fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold, Jesus said. He says... If anyone does not abide in me, those that do not stay, do not live for Christ, notice, he casts out as a branch that is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. Notice what Jesus is saying here. You have to abide in me, he says, and my words have to abide in you, verse 7. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, it doesn't mean that when we pray, we ask, and God's going to give us what we want. God always, when we pray, it's according to his will, not my will. A lot of people get disappointed because they're asking for something for themselves, and when the Lord doesn't give it to them, they get angry with God. But God knows exactly what destroys us when we pray. We spend time with the Lord. We don't just pray and ask for things from the Lord. We spend time praying and listening to the Lord. What is he saying to me tonight? What is he saying to me in the morning? Because he goes on to say, verse 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Notice how many times he said that. So that you will be my disciples. The real Christian, the real disciple of Jesus Christ is a fruitful person. A fruitful person. You bear fruit. You can't have Christ and live a life in the world. There's no possible way. Verse 80 says, by this, my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. Notice how many times. So you will be my disciples. So the real Christian, again, is a person that has fruit. And then he says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus saying to us, our relationship with Jesus. 
My relationship with Jesus is so important in my life. Not to compromise, to spend time with him, listening to him, sharing with other people about Jesus in my life. And when he says that here in verse 9, as a father loved me, he talks about the father's love that he gave to Jesus and the love that Jesus has given to us. He says, that love that I had for you, he says, abide in my love. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I also have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love, the love of Jesus Christ in our lives, that he loves me. That I love him. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. You see, he speaks through his word. When he was with the disciples, he spoke to them face to face. We've never seen Christ, but I've been in the word of God where I know that he speaks to me through the word of God. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. The joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not happiness. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bringing joy to my life. But that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. He's on the way to the cross. And he's speaking about joy. On the way to the cross. The heaviest time in his life. They left the upper room. They're on their way to Gethsemane. And there is where Jesus is going to fall to the ground. He's going to be asking the Father, Father, if this is your will, what do you want me to do? When we come to the Lord and we come to prayer, we need to learn from Jesus at the worst time in his life, recognizing that he's not only the son of God, but he's asking the Father, Father, is this your will? Is this why I was sent? And if you want me to follow up, Father, I will obey you. I will obey you to go to the cross. And why to the cross? So you can die for the sins of the world. So you see the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The joy that we need to have in our lives. The joy has to be in my life when I'm going through the pits. When I'm going through the valley. Recognizing that the Lord is in charge of my life. And that as he brings this joy in my life, other people can see and be encouraged. That I trust the Lord. I trust what he's doing. I trust what he's going to do in my life. And when they put their trust in Jesus Christ... And others and others will see that. And maybe through that, they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. And be sure to join Raul for Straight Talk a Bible-based program with guidance for a godly life. Tuesdays on Rawls' YouTube channel, 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to more of today's teaching. Then his friends here in verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another while that is needed in the body of Christ, as I have loved you. Man, there's so many families that don't love each other. Families that come against each other. Families that poison their children against the family. And how can people call themselves Christians when you're not loving your family? You're fighting with your family. 
And maybe you're here tonight, as he says here, maybe you don't have love for the husband, for your wife, your children, your loved ones that have hurt you. And yet Jesus was hurt, and yet he loved. He loved you, he loved me. And so we need to look at the love of Christ, and we need to forgive what Jesus not only has given us in our lives through his love and grace and mercy, but those that have come against me, I want God to convict me so that I can say that I am sorry. Verse 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Notice the real love of Jesus Christ for us, the kindness of God's love for each one of us individually. Greater love, agape, has no one than this, than to lay down one's life. So if he laid down his life for us, how about us laying down our lives for others? How about each one of us individually to come to that place of sacrifice and say what he said, I laid down my life for my friends. You are my friends. He calls us friends. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. See, there's a condition. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So here, not only is he talking about intimacy, but obedience to his commandments. He says, 15, no longer do I call you servants, doulois. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You guys, I trusted you, I loved you, and I let you know my whole life. A friend doesn't do that unless he loves you. And that's when each one of our lives as true believers, that as we trust the Lord, as he trusts in us, do we trust one another? Do we pray for one another? If you go to someone in the body of Christ that you know, that you love, can you be able to speak with them and have confidence that they're going to help you? They're not going to go around telling people your problem, that they're going to help and they're going to pray for you. Jesus He came to that place with the disciples that he loved them. He took care of them. He watched over them. And he said, you have become my friends and I have become your friend. I call you friends for all things that I heard from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me. Notice divine election here. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. There it is again, bear fruit. We can't be fruitless, but we have to have fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it to you. The invitation to all, that all to repent as we come to know Jesus Christ to bear fruit as he has given us the power to do that. We notice here that it's not us choosing him, but he choosing us. He's the one that called us. He's the one that chose us. We're the one that accepted him because he called us and he chose us to be his children. And then he says, 17, these things I command you. What things? That you love one another. Underline that one because we all have a problem with that one. To love one another. Why can Christians not forgive one another? 
Why do we hurt one another? When the Lord has forgiven you, has forgiven me, as he says here these things, it's a command that you love one another. And then he says this, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If I love you, you love me. Understand this, the world hates me. And the world hated me a long time ago. In contrast here to the world hating Jesus. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. He says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own because you would be in the world in darkness. You would do what they're doing. You would say what they're saying. But if you're a Christian, you can't do that. You can't do that as a child of God. You've been transformed. you become born again of the Holy Spirit. God's precious blood has wiped out every one of your sins. And he's given you the right to salvation. Because of his love and grace and mercy. Plus, he's written your name in the book of life. Verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, you're going to be hated by the world. That is a true believer chosen by God himself. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So he's warning. If I went through this, you're going to go through this too. If I overcame, I expect you to overcome too. And I think of all the things that maybe you have gone through that I have gone through. And yet the Lord, as you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, all the things that he went through because he loved us. That he didn't give in, but he stayed in obedience to the Father. Because he loves so much each one of us. He says, but all these things they will do to you. Now here it is. He says, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Because they do not know him. Who sent me? The world doesn't understand who sent Jesus. The Father sent him. I and the Father, he says, are one. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. And you look at the world today, how ignorant they are. Some believe, some don't believe, and then they have doubts in their minds, in their hearts. When I came to Christ, those doubts not only have been taken care of by the Holy Spirit and by the Lord Jesus Christ, but when I came to Jesus Christ, I believed in the Father, that the Father had sent His Son, and His Son had come to die for the sins of the world. The love of Christ, if any man noticed that. If I had not come and spoken to them, Jesus here, notice the word them is rejecting the Jews, he says. If I had not come and spoken to the Jews, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. We have no excuse for our sin. I mean, he came, he died, he rose, he left the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing what? Convicting us of sin. And when the Holy Spirit convicts me of sin, I have no excuse in my life. You planned it, you committed it, and now you pay the consequences of sin. He says, he who hates me hates my father also. Can you imagine how many people hate Jesus? How many people hate you? 
How many people make an excuse of their sin? Well, I really didn't mean that. But because we make excuses, he says, He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated me both and my father, which means what? They're guilty. He says, but this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which was written, they hated me without a cause. There are people today, they hate Jesus, and they don't even know who he is, and why they hate him. Sad, but when the helper, here it is again, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, And remember that when the disciples were getting ready with Jesus as he's going to the cross last week. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in me, believe also that I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, I'm coming back again to receive you unto myself. So where I am. And then he says, as I leave, I'm going to leave you the comforter. The Holy Spirit. The one that's going to come alongside to assist you. To teach you all things. And today we see the Holy Spirit in our lives. That the moment you come to Jesus Christ, it's because the Holy Spirit has been convicting you of sin. He brings you to that conviction where you have to make a decision. Do I reject him or do I accept him? Do I love him or do I hate him? Do I have my name written in the book of life or not my name in the book of life? You make the decision. Nobody can force you. Nobody can tell you what to do. You have to come on your own. Do I really, really want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior? What am I going to do in order to do that, that the help of the Holy Spirit can continue to lead my life? As he comes alongside to assist my life, he says, whom I shall send to you from the Father. You see, Jesus was going to die in the book of Acts chapter 2. When he dies, 40 days he's here with them. And then when he ascends to heaven, 10 days later, the Holy Spirit comes, baptizes them, and they're never the same. They take the gospel to the whole world because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's message, we'll be happy to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' teaching from John chapter 15. As you think about what it looks like to live in daily communion with the Lord Jesus, we'd also like to tell you about a wonderfully encouraging resource from Rawls titled, Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet that outlines key passages of the Bible to firmly establish your position in Christ. You'll see that by God's mercy and through Jesus' power, you can be forgiven, healed, and transformed. With the Lord's love filling you to overflowing, you'll also find the capacity to pour into others and bear eternal fruit for God's kingdom. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' booklet titled, Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
Our goal here at the ministry is to help you continually grow in your relationship with the Lord. We welcome your thoughts on how we can best support you in that. We also invite you to take advantage of our many free resources. The Somebody Loves You app provides quick access to a variety of Bible-based tools, including digital Bible studies and an easy scripture reading plan. You'll also find a convenient link to our online resource store. For more of Rawls' teaching, download any of these programs as podcasts using Spotify or iTunes. And Rawls' daily devotional emails can also help you get your days off to a great start. Signing up is easy. Just go to somebodylovesyou.com. Don't forget it's because of your tax-deductible donations that we're able to remain on the air. Thanks so much for your generous partnership. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, Raul Reese will take us back to the Word of God for more verse-by-verse study to help us walk faithfully with the Lord. Here's Raul now once again with a closing word from today's teaching. There are people today in the church that do not know the power of the Holy Spirit. Power to overcome sin. Power to witness. Power to live a life victorious in Christ Jesus. And the things that we face, the things that we go through. That the helper is there not only to make an intercession for me between the Father and Jesus. And then he says, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Notice his witness to you, his witness to the world. That Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ gave us the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ died, rose again, and Jesus Christ is coming again according to the scripture. Do we really believe that? This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.